doing? GM guys. Doing, doing amazing, man. Can you hear me okay? I yeah. hear you great. Hear you great. New setup. New setup. I know I'm in the other room, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be here. Good good month. It was uh, it felt good last night, right? When we uh, when we all looked at the screens and yeah. just felt like a a new beginning. Yeah, a new beginning. I mean, look, we're gonna stay true to the to uh, to our to our to our listeners. We're gonna stay uh, true to ourselves and everyone here. We're not gonna celebrate. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know. <laughs> It is October, so we can celebrate that we have entered October, but I'm staying true to the promises that we made to each other in the group chat and then that Ovi took public. So, you know, we won't be celebrating. I even got tagged yesterday by Michael Sadowski. He's like, remember, Farouk, no celebrating. I said, yep, until 2500, I ain't seen shit. No pump it up song, nothing. And even then, I may not even play the song. Um, so, you know, we're not, um, we're not going to be doing that, but it does feel good, man, though. It does feel good when you get back into work on a Monday morning, it's last quarter of the year, my favorite quarter every year. Uh, and, uh, and here you are, you know, uh, things are up and it's, uh, it's looking good. So you absolutely love uh, to see. And yes, Mando is in the other room, just behind that door, right behind that door. Mando is right there as he, with his beautiful construction background that I have to deal with every morning here uh, at seven in the morning drilling but right by my bed um <laughs> but Wait, is, that, is that the construction or is that mando no <laughs> I, I wish i had to deal with mando every morning seven in the morning right by my bed what pause uh but <laughs> wait hold on drilling you hold right on. by your bed yeah hold on, hold on. That, that's one what uh speaking of one what yeah we do we will be speaking about that man today but anyways as usual ladies and gentlemen we are on youtube we are live on the streams so join us on youtube make sure to to um to uh to uh to join uh the 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 youtube but also to retweet the tourist space today on the show today today we got some great topics as there's gonna be one entertaining af show so we got october's here obviously talking all things market what happened this weekend sbf's revelations i mean god damn I don't know if y'all saw those 60 minutes clips, but they are crazy. Don't sleep on Solana and Arb. What is going on in this ecosystem? I saw some pop-ups. I think Mando's going to be able to educate us a little more on that. Beanie! Beanie beefing with Luca Nets over there. Was it the weekend or Friday? I don't know when that was. Oh, that's that's cute. Who who did that? Who put the Luca? Who put the beanie? <laughs> put the beanie on Luca's head. That's so funny. Oh my God, Sam. So Back from the dead, Beanie calls out our NFT Lord <laughs> and Savior Luca. I like that. The little, the little <laughs> topics. This is great. And then uh, we'll be talking punks. I mean, there was the punks event, just last minute uh, addition to the topics. Crypto punks meet up. Uh, we're gonna have um, we're gonna have um, a, a G man and maybe D's if he makes it back uh, on time to his home. Uh, just come and recap the event real quick. And last but not least, Stubbs uh, artist Red Drum today. I will be joined with KD. Because uh, there is a language barrier with this, so Katie is going to come and kind of explain the piece to us uh, and quickly the mint uh, mechanism then the show uh, about all this. Or maybe he'll come before Pongs. But anyways, that's what's happening today. And as usual, as usual, as usual, this show is powered by Kraken NFT. Check him out, kraken.com forward slash rock radio. Or you're on screen, just scan that QR code. You know, it helps the show. It helps rock radio. And, um, and if you're curious about what's happening in Canada, uh, I mean, I was on a panel with Bankless last week and Kraken and everything. It was a lot of fun, actually. It was a great panel. It made me bullish on Canada again for like a hot 12 hours. And then I saw the rest of the news about broadcasting regulation. I was like, all right, I'm back to being a hater. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Right? That is absolutely wild news. 
So does that mean yeah. I have to register Rock Radio officially gonna, in Canada? Well, you're going to have to register yourself, right? I don't really know what it is, but all streamers, all podcasters are going to have to register themselves. Um, or else what? I'm not allowed to, to podcast? Who knows? At this stage, they're just saying, just register. But the next stage is, you know, then they censor you. The next stage is to put you in prison for saying the wrong thing. Um, yeah, I do not like where that's going. Just listen. Um, yeah, I mean... Can you still I not get I'm, the news? Is the news still like banned in, in Canada? At the I think so. I think so. I think you still. I gave up on googling stuff over there. Um, I, I I can't get anything out there in Canada. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but listen, it's it's disappointing because like the other day with Kraken, like it was a panel about Canada, right? It was about Canada and why they decided to like double down in their efforts in Canada. And since we're partnered with them and Bankless is, we kind of did it together. And. Uh, I left like really excited because like, wow, like if they're doubling down and they were like, well, canning your regulations is actually not bad. You can do this and that. But then if I'm not allowed to speak freely, then, you know, they're going to start putting a black screen on while I'm talking about them on the show, you know, like China or something. So I don't know. Anyways, anyways, why don't we, <laughs> why don't we get this party started? But today's first topic today, which obviously is related to the market report, but October begins. Majors pump 4%. Mando. What's uh what's happening on this first day of October? And then I definitely want to hear Ovi's takes here because you've been bull tweeting all weekend, and boy oh boy do I like your bull tweets. They get me going in the morning, Mando. What's happening with the market? Market's looking good. Market is looking good. So um, I think we had a little bit of a sell just before we clo- we started, but Bitcoin was hanging out around twenty eight. 28.4k um eth was at 1730 1720 area um we've dipped slightly going into the start of the day but that was up around three or four percent they randomly pumped uh last night a few different things driving that narrative firstly you have all the eth etfs the futures etfs which are launching today there's up to nine launching today so you saw a big rise in open interest last night uh, ahead of that they're going to be buying futures contracts so um you saw the futures market obviously uh get pumped up but then just generally, like we've been, we've been holding out that level for a while, um, felt like we weren't really going that much lower. As soon as stocks weren't that weak on Friday, we kind of pumped then. And then even today, like stocks aren't really doing that well. Like European stocks are down like 1%. The US stocks are not doing that well. Um, the dollar is higher. Gold is lower, but still crypto is massively outperforming across the board. Um, so this feels very crypto specific. Um, I saw a quote over the weekend, which was the correlation between Bitcoin and stocks right now is at 7%. And this time last year, it was around 70%. So we're kind of just on our own plane at the moment. It feels as though people are getting very up around the um, the ETFs. There was there was some delaying of, of the spot ETFs, but you still have the grayscale decision, which is going to be happening this month. Um, and people are kind of half expecting that to be positive. So that's kind of pulled up everyone. The rest of them will be in January, it looks like, in terms of decisions. But if we get a good piece of news out about grayscale, you also have the Coinbase um, the trial that they're trying to throw out. Either of those, if that comes back positive, it's really, really bullish. Um, what you did see, and we'll get into it a little bit more, is that alts. Alts outperformed um, over the weekend, not including ETH. So you have things like Solana, everything in the Arbitrum ecosystem, everything like Optimism. They've all seen big moves. Even some of the meme coins, the ones that like you know you thought were dead. Bitcoin, ticker Bitcoins are back up above 100 million. Um, some big, big bounces in, in, in that space. Jesus. Um, so... 
and the Unibot was up like 60%. So some of those on-chain uh, coins, RLB is up another 20%. Um, that on-chain narrative kind of came back pretty strong Yeah. Uh, over the weekend. So all of those sort of coins that you thought, you know, it was over, they've all come back um, pretty hard. Solana is probably the one taking the majority of the interest because it's back up to like 24 and a half, having been at, I think it was like seven, 17 when everyone said that, you know, the FTX thing was going to, um, FTX wallets were going to be dumping. So that's a big, big uh, bounce since then. So everyone's feeling a little bit better in, in, in that world. And then Arbitrum and Optimism, you have upcoming incentive airdrops. So a lot of money is moving onto them from for, for TVL. But yeah, feels good. Traditionally, October is a very, very good month for, for crypto. It's even a good month for macro. September is traditionally a very, very bad month for, for Bitcoin uh, and crypto in general. In fact, September wasn't that terrible for us. Like Bitcoin ended up September up 4%. So if that was our bad month, you're kind of hoping that this month is going to be, uh, this month is going to be a good one. But yeah, definitely feels good. Timeline feels a little bit too euphoric for my liking, but it feels like we could, uh, we could have a good few weeks. I think we're just celebrating October and putting into the, putting the good vibes into the, into the, into it, right? Was it Amanda that came and said that the marketing is an aggregation of vibes? And I think I was talking to you about this earlier, like just everybody yeah. tweeting October, the whole thing, like, you know, that's the monthly chart, by the way, on ETH. So we're actually up back to back two months uh, when you look at that this way. And then if I check the Bitcoin monthly here for us. Look, like when you zoom out a little bit, it's not looking that bad, you know? I am pro professional, but you know, it ain't no chartist, but I kinda like this. I mean, Ovi, what how do you how do you uh how are you seeing the market uh play yeah. out here? I know you also made some comments about Pepe over the weekend. I kinda like them. So kinda curious to hear your thoughts on what's coming in October. There are there are a few macro things to be aware of. Like we had PMI today. PMI came in higher than expected. It came in at forty nine versus like forty eight point three. So that's why stocks in the US are selling off a little bit. That's why interest rates are back higher. And you also have payrolls this Friday, which is going to be pretty important as well. I think because we're basically at the end of the hiking cycle for the Fed, um, all this sensitivity um, to economic data, labor market data is going to be a lot higher if it wasn't high already, because people are just waiting for, looking for like the bad data to um, try and signal when the Fed might start cutting. So. Um, PMI today was actually like a strong number. So that's not, um, accretive to the cutting, uh, narrative, but then we have, uh, payrolls on Friday, which at the moment are expected to be the lowest they've been in like the last 18 months or something. I think the payrolls number is projected at about 150,000. So we'll see if that hits or not, but if that does come lower, I think you'll start to see some moves in macro. And then crypto is just like, you know, you had a couple of, you had some pretty big liquidations over the weekend. I think it was 400 million dollars worth of Bitcoin was liquidated, $200 million worth of ETH was liquidated. I still think we won't see any ETF approvals until next year um, for spot Bitcoin ETF. I think um, they've delayed all of them. I don't see why they wouldn't delay Grayscale. There doesn't seem to be any reason why they would favor that over the others. Maybe because Grayscale applied ages ago, but um, they have to value each application as, as and when they come in. So it's a new application. My guess is they will delay that too. And I well, it's not. That's, th that's why it will be different. It's a different case. Like this is more them. They lost that battle right against the SEC, so it's not like a new application. They have to come up with a new reason why it would not be accepted. So it's it's in, instead of it like ah, we've got a new application. Oh. So Grayscale is completely different to the others. Like I Grayscale, see. they either have to accept it or they have to come up with some new fanciful reason why 
they would reject it. And if they don't come up with a new reason, Grayscale will go live. But what's the deadline for that? It's like, in, it's can in they, the middle of October. But can they renew that deadline? Let me bring out my... No. my what's the final deadline for they that? They had 45 days from the original judgment to come up with a new reason why they would block it. Um, so they have to come up with a reason why they would not accept the the Grayscale ETF. Which uh, one's the Grayscale so one again? It says... Exactly. It's, it's not on this list. 45 days to ah. either approve... Dele- deny or delay so it does like it does look seem like they can still delay it further but they would have to come up with a new reason why they have to not, tell not to, why not to delay okay. it though right they can still just delay it no i think to actually delay it would have to be a new reason they lost their reason for delaying it essentially like their reason for delaying it was this thing so they have to come up with a new reason mm. for this the thing that i'm reading says they can either approve deny or delay right which but... is the same language as all of them so no, hmm. no, what I mean is deny would be it's over, right? The delay would right. be right. You have to come up with a new reason why this wouldn't, why we need yeah. this is going to be delayed. They actually have to come up with a reason why it's delayed. It's not like I think we should figure that out because if it's if it is, if that is the case, it's pretty significant. But it is from what I'm, I'm I don't see like from what I'm reading, it doesn't seem like it is the case. So I'm 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 almost like ninety five percent certain that's what needs to happen. I looked into looked into it. They need to come up with a new reason for Grayscale, which is why it's way different than the others. The reason for it being blocked was um, it's not a new, some new application. Like they literally need to come up with a new reason that needs to be like some other remedy, or they have to basically say, yeah, we, we're going to go. So well, Grayscale can... could be very important for 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 um, for the future. I mean, their ETF is slightly different. It's not like any of the other ETFs. Like it's already it's already fully formed and what you might see is if they ha- if they actually, actually actually have to accept it some of the others might have to like redo themselves so they look even more like grayscale but um grayscale is a very big deal because it's, it's yeah it's not like the others yeah that's an interesting one interesting. Still, i'm not convinced based on what i'm reading but maybe these um websites are wrong i don't know well we want them to be wrong right so yeah. anyways you want to say no to, or you want to push Grayscale, you better give us a reason to do so, all right? Or else we're going to assume it's accepted. That's the bull narrative. Now, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we want. Listen, I, I in September, I just gave up looking at the price of even my all my meme coins and everything. It looks like, you know, things are starting to look good again now. So thanks, Mando, for confirming that. And <laughs> and it's, uh, it's looking good. I'm seeing more and more of them on the timeline again. I was scrolling this morning vicariously and then look i've seen cold down there uh cold xbt just throwing hands throwing throwing claps uh at the bottom here of the space so i like that when cold xbt is happy we're happy because he's probably got a whole pool of meme coins uh and uh, it means it means that we're doing good so, <laughs> by the way mando i don't know if you we turned you down earlier from your thing or from our end but we just need to not turn you back up a notch but anyways there you go. He's laughing now. By the way, we also share the broadcasting now live on Twitter every day. Woof! Love to see those numbers push up right there. So you can actually watch us live on video there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, depends on the experience that you prefer, but it's across all platforms and it's uh, usually better. And we tend to do this uh, for a better experience if you want on video. But anyways, a uh, second topic today. Oh man, this man again, Sam. Sorry. Second topic today. Scam Bankman Freed. Uh, we got some revelation from uh, from the famous author, uh, Michael Lewis, and we were starting to find out even more and more about his dirty laundry. I don't know if you guys spent some time on the 60 Minutes official Twitter page today, but they posted a ton uh, of their um, 
of their uh, of the clips uh, from from the interview that they did with him. And so there's some crazy revelations from from uh, sorry. So um, you know you had you had Sam uh, SBF potentially trying to offer Donald Trump five billion dollars not to run in the next elections from things like. I don't know. I saw some of the most absurd thing, how like he thought that the $8 billion that were of, of, of your money that was in Alameda Research's wallets were a rounding error because he was under, under, the, in, under the impression that they had infinite money glitch going on at Alameda or other revelations such as like um, his relationship, his romance with uh, Caroline ending right during the crypto crash, which really doesn't help, right? Because she was running Alameda. (laughs) Or even more details about how, uh, you know, he used to also gamble in his own casino. So he used to trade on FTX while, you know, uh, running Alameda and more and more. And it's actually pretty absurd. But one thing that I noticed is Michael Lewis actually catching quite some slack uh, on the timeline over uh, saying that it was not a Ponzi but it was actually the business model would have kept on working and would have worked had there not been a run on the bank. And so that's really was the main uh, thing on the, on the timeline today because it's absurd to say, right? Because I read a few threads from the other side. I think it was Mike Dudas that was also going at it pretty adamantly on his end because, yeah, there was a run on the bank, but there was a run on the bank for a reason. Right. And every single dollar they were making was to actually pay somebody else off. And they were running a bunch of Ponzi's within the thing. But Mando, I mean, what do you what do you make of these revelations? Uh, it's uh, it's it, this, this seems like a lot of stuff is starting to unfold here. And the Donald Trump one is pretty wild. I'll find the clip and play it for everyone uh, once you're once you're done there. because It's actually pretty crazy. Yeah, look, Michael Lewis is is like a very very well known author, right? He's yeah. he's done a lot, load of books in this, um, in finance. Most of them are have like been bestsellers. Of um, Liars Poker, I think was his first. He's done a, he's done a number of others, which have uh, all done really really well. Um, he was obviously into like getting to know SBF incredibly well over the period, just before all this all this shit went down. And his book is out this week, so. It's understandably coming out this week. At the same time, the I mean, SBF's trial begins tomorrow, and it begins for six weeks. So we're going to be we're going to be hearing a, a lot of SBF headlines over the next few uh, over the next few weeks. But um, so obviously this is coinciding with Michael Lewis's book coming out. But some of the right. stuff coming out is wild, and you, it's difficult to work out if any of this is sensationalist. But um, SBF just seems slightly unhinged. And to be honest, Michael Lewis isn't really covering himself in a lot of glory for a lot of this. Like. He he seemingly didn't realize that all of this stuff was like dodgy as hell. Um, he's kind of being a bit of an apologist for Sam uh, to a certain extent, being like, you know, this you know th- this was a Ponzi, but like all of crypto to a certain extent is a Ponzi, and and um, I don't know. Just I I didn't really that kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. Also, yeah. it's so clear from some of the stuff that he was saying that this was a uh, this was bad acting but yeah some of the main headlines is that he wanted to pay trump five billion not to run uh which i think is like one of the main things that have come out he seemed to think that the whole billions of dollars lost was just a rounding error for for fdx uh, i think this is very very clear sbf believed that his his exchange was capitalized well enough and actually um Actually, it clearly wasn't. He just believed his own high. He believed in his own shit coins right until the end. And that's just so obviously a Ponzi. Um, and Michael Lewis isn't an idiot. He should he should have realized that like this is like un- indefensible to a certain extent. 
Yeah. Um, and there was some other stuff, like apparently he was asking for Michael Lewis's advice about buying things like Twitter and uh, a couple of other, but we're going to, I mean, I'm definitely reading that book. That book's, book's going to be incredible because Michael Lewis is a very good writer. So I do want to read it, but um, yeah, crazy, crazy headlines coming out over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. And he was saying, it says, um, Lewis said his answers to most of Bankman Free's ideas was no. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the that was the one thing I I uh, I saw I thought was funny. But if you go and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna show you guys on the screen right now, just for anybody who's curious. Let me let me share my screen here. There you go. And if you go on the 60 Minutes official Twitter page, that's where they're talking about uh, everything. But this is the clip, right? And it's actually a revelation that Sam had looked into paying Donald Trump not to run. That only shocks you if you don't know Sam. <laughs> Sam's thinking we could pay Donald Trump not to run for president. Like, how much would it take? Did he get an answer? So he did get an answer. He was floated. There was a number that was kicking around, and the number was kicking around when I was talking to Sam about this was $5 billion. Sam was not sure that number came directly from Trump. Wait, wait, so, so Sam's looking into paying Trump not to run, and he actually get, didn't might not have come from Trump himself, but he actually got a price? He got one answer, yes. The question Sam had was, not just is $5 billion enough to pay Trump not to run, but was it legal? Well, why didn't this happen? Why didn't you follow through? Well, they were still having these conversations when FTX blew up. So why didn't it happen? He didn't have $5 billion anymore. Approached for comment by 60 Minutes, neither former President Trump nor Senator McConnell responded. Last so of course it's, you know, hearsay until proven otherwise, but there was another story with Senator McConnell where uh, apparently Senator McConnell has a list of Republicans that are not pro-Trump. And so Bankman Freed was convinced that Donald Trump was going to be the end of the world and the end of the America's democracy. Like he was convinced of that, right? And so he was investing in two things, how to protect himself from another like COVID type spread and everything, and how to make sure Donald Trump doesn't become president of the United States of America because he was convinced that Trump was going to destabilize that democracy and everything. And so McConnell... He tells a story of Sam getting on the jet with a with with a suit curled up in his hand and shoes falling off and everything. And 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 he asks him, "Why do you have your suit curled up?" He goes, "Because McConnell doesn't want to sit with you unless you dress a certain way." But then Lewis goes to him, "But you don't even have a belt, and your suit is looking like this and that." But then asks him, and he goes to tell him about the list that apparently McConnell has of Republicans that are not pro-Trump, so that he could not only fund them. Well, he became Joe Biden's one of the biggest donors of the of the Democratic Party. So I think the next what is it eight weeks or something? You're saying the trial is going to happen. That's going to be interesting because those stories are there's some crazy stories like Tom Brady and how much it was paid like fifty five million dollars for twenty hours of his time per years for three years Insane. or Shaq or that ad with what's that old guy called? He did the art Larry David or something right? Larry, is it Larry? It was um. It was a great ad for Super Bowl. It was such a good ad at the time, too. And it was like 20 mil. And apparently Tom Brady genuinely fell for Sam, like in terms of like, not in love, obviously, but like in terms of like a friendship. Like he was describing their friendship as like that cool quarterback at school with the nerdiest of nerdiest nerds that used to be like bullied in school and how they became like a bromance. And Tom Brady genuinely loved SBF. It was actually really close to him as a friend. They used to hang out together. They used to be friends. And, it, and he painted him that way in the relationship. And it was just crazy. 
Like it was just like hearing all these stories were wild. And um and there was some videos and all the, you should all go watch the clips, right? They're fat. I spent like half an hour in bed this morning watching all of them. It's like 30 of them. And you see SBF with the ankle bracelet and them. And he spent like, I think he said he met him a hundred times during the time that he had the ankle bracelet and something like that. So, you know, I may not read the book, but I'll listen to the audio version of it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be what? I don't read many books, but I read pretty much every single Michael Lewis book. I think wow. it's a good book. Yeah, he, he does good books. Yeah. I, would, I mean, he's famous for a reason, right? So it's it's uh, it's pretty wild, man. I, I do hope that it doesn't end up being the way you said, Mando, where he kind of demonizes crypto. Because he did call, like, he did say, like, at the end, he took money from crypto gamblers. And I don't like that. Because just because you bought crypto doesn't mean you're a gambler. Like, a lot of people are like, he also took money from my friends, your friends, that I don't think are gamblers. They're all crypto gamblers. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, but like, well, you know what I mean? That's like, like bugging like, a casino and saying, yeah. oh, it's okay because they're all gamblers. Like, yeah. why is that Correct. fair? It's like the, the logic there is complete trash. It's like rugging a bank also and um, saying that you're gamblers because you had your money in the bank. Like, or like in your 401k and your investments yeah. and your stock. Right. So like SBF is indefensible, um, yeah. in my opinion. Like, just completely indefensible. If you and, and the fact that you can say that, oh, it, well, crypto is just full of gamblers. Like, yeah, Not right. clearly people are here for speculation. They're also here for the tech. Even if they're here just for speculation, that's a joke of a defense. Um, but anyway, like the whole idea that he would pay Trump to not run, like it just the delusion of this man just becomes it, it becomes more obvious with time. Like this guy thought he was an effective altruist. He thought Trump was so bad for the world and he was so good for the world. The guy was stealing four to five billion dollars and putting it into his own hedge fund and he still thought that he was better for the you know he still China. doesn't think he's guilty look michael lewis was saying in those videos that like sbf genuinely does not understand what he did wrong right now like he still doesn't understand what went wrong he is still convinced that like it was probably cz like he is and i think he even convinced michael lewis of that there's a clip of michael lewis saying this was actually a good business until there was a Chengpeng Zhao tweet and a CZ tweet about all of this, which is why there was a this really- is the, This is the other stuff. It's like, it's it's just, if you don't understand the situation, then just don't chat, chat about it because it wasn't a good business. Here's he had a massive hole in his balance sheet and he was buying yachts called SMD for whatever, $100 million. Like they were not using the funds correctly. They were doing whatever the hell they wanted with them. And then they, they were banking on the idea that their shitcoin right at the heart of their balance sheet was actually worth something and it wasn't. Yeah. So it like it's just a complete joke. Um, some of this, some of this defense. And I, look, they might claim that SBF doesn't realize what he did was wrong, but SBF is really smart. Like he is. These these are not idiots. They all knew what they did, and all the others are going to plead guilty because they know what they did. SBF is going to try and go down with the ship, but he understands the logic of what he did. Yeah, I mean, look, the timeline did not like that one. It's in, it's in. Oh, sorry, it's in, it's in this clip here. Uh, that we used about it. It, it. Like when you think this case, they actually had a, a there. The dollar coming in is being used to pay the dollar going out. And in this case, they actually had a, a great real business. If no one had ever cast aspersions on the business, if there hadn't been a run on customer deposits, they'd still be sitting there making tons of money. Inside the Beltway. So that's, that's, that's the, that's that part. 
What he said is there is true, actually. If you break it down, they would have kept on making money if there hadn't been a run the bank. But, but that's, like a, that's, that's a yeah. fucking oxymoron. That's like saying, <laughs> oh, you know, a, ba- a bank works until there's a bank run. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the way it is. Like, it's such a dumb take. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty bad take. Anyways, we we've got we've got a bit about this. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this topic again uh, in the coming days, weeks, because obviously he's going on the book run right now, book tour, and and uh, and I mean he maybe has to say some controversial stuff like this so people get to read his book or talk about it because it clearly works. Like even the thread talking about how he's wrong has like 150,000 views, right? So so there's that. Anyways, topic number three today. Hey, Mando, uh, Solana and Arbitrum seems to have uh, to have popped off quite a bit i've seen them all over your your mando minutes here i mean solana again is 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 all over uh the timeline so i'll go to i'll go to solana first right solana's tvl searches search spark speculation amongst the crypto community so the solana's total value lock tvl reaches 337.49 million dollars it's highest in 2023 uh and there's a bunch of stuff happening on solana's ecosystem obviously like a lot of people talk about it here's the DeFi llama um you know chart uh, about it, but what is going on on the Solana side here, Mendo? So what's interesting about Solana is actually very little is going on, but it's still <laughs> managed to have this incredible, um, this incredible community behind it. Like there are, DeFi is like waking up on Solana, having been absolutely torched. Um, NFTs to a certain extent are kind of they've stayed more active, consistent, but it's it what's surprising about Solana is despite. I think the daily active users of Solana is actually is actually the lows of the year, but it still has this like very very fervent um, community, and the idea that if it does start to get those things back, like if its DeFi community starts to come back, it's all, it does have 400 million TVL, but if that DeFi community comes back, it could easily go into you know go into the billions of of TVL, um, and if its NFT community comes back and some of these games start to to kick off. That's the stuff, sort of stuff that can really bounce it back. So um, I think whenever I look at Solana, one of the main things, and we even asked um, Anson when he came on, like, mm. what are the main applications right now? I have to admit, like, there isn't that many major applications going on in Solana right now. Even it's more like they are waken, awakening after a, a, a long period. You're starting to see TBL come back, but it's more you could catch this. Like Solana, like Zoom Out, you could catch it. Um, if those start of things to come back. And then the other big one that I mentioned was Arbitrum and, and Optimism. Both of those have got, so Arbitrum, um, if everyone remembers the Arbitrum Odyssey program, that's when Arbitrum decides they're gonna give everyone in the community $50 million to start using Arbitrum. They are gonna do that again. Um, in fact, it's at the grants program stage right now. I think maybe over a hundred different Arbitrum-based nice. projects have applied to Arbitrum. Uh, the DAO for grants. And basically what I mean is you use our application, we'll give you some Arbitrum to do it. So a lot of money is moved back onto Arbitrum and a lot of the micro caps on Arbitrum as well as the Arbitrum coin itself has really bounced um, over the last over the last two weeks, let's say, ever since that grant program was announced. But again, that could be a medium term trend. Like um, Arbitrum, if I was to define what Arbitrum is mainly about, it's mainly about DeFi, uh, particularly some like, more difficult stuff in DeFi, so they're very big on some of the decentralized perp networks. You uh, things like GMX is probably the most famous one. They do some decentralized options. They do some decentralized lending. But if base is as um, we heard about, is more like consumer focused 
applications. Yeah. Arb Arbitrum is more about DeFi. So um, you can go test out some DeFi stuff, hopefully get some free Arbitrum. That could be a big thing. And Optimism is going to do the same. So o Optimism is going to do another third airdrop. They haven't given as many details, but um, you're going to see money move on to both of those change, uh, chains, I think, in the coming uh, in the coming weeks, months, as some of this stuff happens. That's just a you know, that's just a collection of different small, yeah. small coins, but you can really, that's one of the things. If you're looking for like, I don't know, a shit coin that could do a 10X or a low cap that can do a 10X, it's this sort of stuff right now. Because yeah. if one of if one of those platforms wins a grant, uh, things can really go crazy. Um, and that will probably be the same for optimis optimism as well when that, when that uh, runs. So you've seen some of the bigger um, caps, things like GMX are up a lot over the last week or so ahead of this. But yeah, you're going to see um, some of these much smaller ones also run, I expect. Yeah. Listen, big fan of Arbitrum, like not even the token. Uh, I don't think even I have our position built yet. Do I want it to win the 80s the other week? But um, just big fan of the team. I mean, we talk to the team a lot and we've hosted a bunch of them. Uh, and they're great. I know we're going to try and get someone else from their team soon to talk about all these grants that they're giving and everything they've built so far. And obviously we have Sobi in our corner who is like the Arbitrum mascot. <laughs> so it's, uh, man, it's a great team. It's a great team. Sat, sat with CMO again in, 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 in Korea um, during Blockchain Week. We all had lunch together. It's just good people. They've got great things ahead and they're here to support the space for real. And they've had a lot of money to do so. There's a lot of ARB available in the DAO um, to support like builders in the space. And I think when it comes to the team and like the tech team they have, it's really unparalleled in the space. Like they're one of the best ones out there and uh, it's good to see that. So definitely agree with you. And if, listen, if you're a builder looking for tech, there's grants out there for you to go and get. You don't always have to try and raise money and you can maybe get a grant if people believe in your project and you can probably get, um, you can probably get a lot of like, you know, help and free marketing from that actually, because also offer marketing grants and whatnot. So I would, I would look into that. Similar to Facebook, Jesse was on here last week and similar to a bunch of others, but you know, this is one thing I like about crypto a lot is the, all these grant programs from different DAOs. That's one thing I really like. And if you're a hungry builder, um, you know, try. It's worth it. I promise you. But anyways, uh, next topic that we got. So yeah, good advice here. And by the way, none of this is financial advice, but 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 definitely don't sleep on on, on Solana and uh, and Arbitrum and uh, their ecosystem. I'll go through this next one quick here. Oh man, oh man, oh man. That takes me back to my to to, to my beef. Uh, with Beanie, but over the weekend, yet Beanie and Lucanets going at it. I have to say, uh, there's been some ratios uh, that have been served around uh, on the timeline. So Beanie and Lucanets went uh, went back and forth at it after Beanie. I think uh, I'm trying to find the tweets to pull him up here for y'all. But after Beanie, uh, you know, kind of kind of gave like some criticism of uh, of Luca and the announcement and how uh, everybody was was like. Um, was really happy uh, about uh, about uh, about you know Lucas execution. The Walmart news, of course, you saw like the timeline was like full of it, and uh, and Beanie wrote this like super long tweet. I'm obviously not gonna pull it up or read it because it's too long. And then you know Luca came back to him with a reply. Obviously, I think the ratio was pretty significant, and they went uh, back and forth at it. And uh, and I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. Um, you know, obviously Beanie. Taking the other side, you know, engagement and probably gets the people talking on his end. He probably succeeded getting what he wanted. Uh, and then Luca um, also probably gained a lot from that because, you know, it's pretty good publicity. I mean, Ovi, 
usually you know a little more about what's going on on the Twitter, Twitter line. Like, did you have some hot takes in that one? Because usually you kind of chime in on the hot takes here and there, but did you yeah. see this I mean, what happened there? I, I thought Beanie's points were fair, but I think, I mean, my view of it is that I didn't, my perception of Pudgy Penguins, and you know, I'm not part of the team, I don't own any, I'm not an expert on it, so this is just, just my perception as an outside person. I didn't think they were going for like the big luxury no. um, premium brand kind of thing. I thought they were going for a mainstream angle. And that doesn't mean you can't have like higher end parts of your collection. Like if you think about something like Disney, that's a massively mainstream brand, but like certain things within the Disney world will have a very high value because of like how much people like the brand and how much, you know, collectors, how much emphasis collectors may place on it. So like based on that, I didn't think, I think like Walmart is a good move for them. And I don't think it's a uh, deterioration to the brand, but this is like, you know, this is Pudgy Penguins. This is not like um, Crypto Punks or like, you know, the, right. the or Tiffany or something like that. Like, so that I think based on that, maybe I just have a different perception of what the brand is to what Beanie does. And maybe Beanie thought it was going to be a high-end brand and then, and then he still thinks it is. And then he doesn't b believe that Walmart is a good uh, look for that, which I agree with. Like, I think that's true, but I just don't think Pudgy Penguins is exclusively a higher brand. I also don't think they're like a high end and a low end brand. I just think they're like, let's go mainstream and within our um, world and ecosystem, whatever you want to call it, we might have more expensive things that like diehard fans want to buy. Mm. And that's the way I view it. I'm, I'm not saying that's the way it is. That's just like my perception of it. And, you know, maybe if we have Luke on one day, he can, he can explain it. Yeah, I'm still trying to work that out. It's just our, our schedule's tight this week with Zebu and stuff, and I have to see what the yeah, live shows. Yeah, so we're still sure. trying for this week. But I think Wally also shared the strategy. I've been referring to this a lot because Luca referred this to me a few months ago. And so basically, this is how Pudgy sees it, right? The content and everything of distribution, interaction, Web3 link, and then the super fans that will buy the NFT. And that's how he yeah. sees the funnel go down to the NFT. And I think this is great. Um, I personally obviously enjoyed watching it, so I pulled it on the screen. Thought it was funny to see um, to see them go back and forth. And look, it's, it creates conversation. It's good, whatever. But you know, um, I do think you can coexist in both brands. You can do your network live and sell two hundred fifty dollar items times one hundred and limited. But you can also have your cheap ass toys, right? You have some Nike sneakers. Like Nike did a collab with Tiffany. The retail was a thousand something. The resale is over two k, whatever. That's a luxury product. Is that it, but it's an Air Force One. The Air Force One is like an $80 shoe, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. and so you, you, I think, you know, they both can coexist. And, and one thing now, if punks had been to Walmart, then I'd be like, all right, this is stupid. But I also think the pudgy penguin selling at Sotheby's, I think, is weirder than the pudgy penguin selling at Walmart, if you ask me in the first place. I agree. Right? I agree with you with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I think agree. it's like th that was a wait, what moment, right? And so, and so anyways, that, that's, that's what I saw. I don't think we need to go on the topic too much. People talk about it but, uh, a lot on the time that you can see for yourselves and make your own assumptions. But Mando, do you have any, like, any last thoughts on, on the whole Beanie Luca uh, kind of drama that went down? I thought they most, both made good points. I, I think they both got ratio. Like, I think Beanie got hard, hard ratio for it. But I think what he's saying um, actually does hold some... Um, does hold some gravitas i think what he's it's a fair criticism you can't what i mean is you can't just be blind to criticism and i think what he's saying is don't don't devalue the brand i also think that pudgy penguins have absolutely crushed it and they they've made the best play out of everyone and what 
which I think is very unfair. There's like this crazy survivorship bias in, in no. NFTs. And what I mean by that is like Pudgy Penguins, people are now trying to poke holes in what they have done. And everyone else has failed. But everyone's just forgotten yeah. that everyone else has failed. And now it's almost like they're fair game to attack. And I just that's like a complete joke because they're the only one that's actually had some success. Like, who the fuck's remembering all the other cute, like, uh, cuddly PFPs that have done absolutely nothing? No one. No one. But because Pudgy Penguins have survived, they're, they're free for pop shots. And I think that's a bit of a joke. So I think it's fair criticism. But at the same time, like, come on, let's just like support the people who are left. Like they've done an incredibly good job, like uh, to get it this far, to get it into Walmart. It's, it's done an incredibly good job. It's a, it, from now on, we can always say, oh, you know, what did anyone do in NFTs or what did someone do with some of the funds? We can point to this as a success. And I think we've got to elevate that. So Beanie criticizing the wag me vibes of it, like <laughs> there's no wag me vibes left. This is all we have left. So let's at least be, let's let's try and elevate this. Like they've done a very good job. We don't have to poke holes in it. Okay. I think Base Carbon made the best point. It was, I'm going to paraphrase, but Davis was like, if anything, YB makes more sense now because we're like 300 people left and we're probably actually all going to make it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was saying, and I was like, damn, he's right. He's like, the the 50 people that are still here right now, you motherfuckers are going to make it because you stayed, you know? But when we were 50,000, of course none of us are going to make it. <laughs> I thought it was funny, but look, Beanie's always criticism criticizing the perma-positive people. And of course, I'm sure that, you know, I'm probably part of that crowd. And I'm perma-positive because I'm perma-bullish on the space and the people in it and my friends that are building uh, inside of it, right? Yeah, 300, more like 30. I mean, Johnny, I think we're back to 300 with this weekend's pump. Uh, it always happens like that, right? We'll be 3,000 if we get back above 2,000. And, uh, and it'll keep going and going and going and going and going. So quickly, before I... I do we want to... Is Katie in the room? Because I, I know I want to talk about stubs for two minutes because obviously the artist can't come on today. But we have, uh, I was meant to have KD talk about a uh, couple of things for the uh, stubs of this week, which is kind of fire. But we also have G-Man. I think he's in the studio. I can't see the studio in the new restream stuff, but I'm assuming he's behind there because I saw some comments. He's on stage right now. I definitely want to talk about what happened with the CryptoPunks um, here today uh, in the event because that looked really cool. There's KD. So I'm going to go to KD. G-Man, give me a second. And, <laughs> and I do want to go to KD first, though, uh, to, uh, to present Red Room, uh, the artist for this week's stubs because... Yo, this is fire. I mean, just look at the little, just look at that little thing on the screen right now. It's so cool. It, I mean, this is sick. I mean, KD, talk to us about, talk to us about our artist this week for stuff, baby. Yo, what's going on? Uh, hope everybody can hear me good. Yes, sir. Uh, it's been a while since I've been up on the space. Love that I can continue to bring everybody art through stubs. Um, red Rum is is in here. Um, you guys can see him in the listener. It's got a mostly red PFP there if you want to click on his profile and check out the stuff while I'm talking. But uh, there's a little bit of a language barrier here. Um, red Rum is not a native English speaker. So he gave me a little bit of a write-up that I'm going to share uh, on his behalf. And, uh, and then let's hope that you know, that gets uh, a lot of things through. But uh, Red Rum came from a family of contemporary art collectors. And from an early age, he was accustomed to going to uh, various exhibitions uh, and, and meeting various artists there. Um, growing up, like many who kind of like begin their their um, their work in, in the art space, the art path intrigued him. But in the end, he ended up choosing law school to become a lawyer. I've heard that um, before. Kind of. 
following that, like like many people in this space end up doing and, and choosing like a sort of like business route, uh, but abandoned in that the possibility of becoming an artist and, and continuing to cultivate that passion. Um, in 2022, though, uh, Red Rum was already active within the crypto and NFT space as digital art slowly began, be, be, began becoming natural evolution of art. And in June of 2022, he learned about Midjourney. And that's where he says his life took a turn back into the art space. Um, he then created the Red Rum artistic pseudonym. And in red, he says he found his distinctive mark in order to make uh, art and, and kind of elicit the emotions that he was looking to elicit. Um, and AI gave him the opportunity to make his thoughts tangible in regards to what he saw and what he wanted to convey, to be able to then present a worldview that was his own to collectors and other people that are going to go out and, you know, kind of intake his work. Um, so Red Rum initially started minting work on Tezos. Um, that's actually where I discovered oh, him. Of course. Uh, like many of the Stubbs artists, um, I actually got uh, his... Um, his first piece that he did. If, if I recall correctly, I think I'm like 95% sure on this. It was actually free that basically he like offered over the timeline that like, I'm going to admit my first piece on Tezos and anybody who wants one of these editions, reach out to me. And, and I'm, I think he did something along the lines of like, reach out to me if you want one. And if you're a person who I think you're here, um, like, uh, like authentically and organically, like I'll give you one basically. And, and there wasn't anybody that I really know of that like didn't get one. There was probably like 15 to 25 total editions on that piece. Uh, but that was kind of the first moment uh, of minting work. And that's really where I discovered Red Rum for the first time too, uh, around the, when this AI boom was really hitting late in 2022. Um, and from that uh, very first moment, uh, Red Rum says he understood that he had to create something that represents him and distinguishes his work from others with the goal of creating art that stands as a lens on the world, a world reinterpreted according to the symbols that are distinguishing to the story that he wants to tell. Um, so this is born, uh, the creation of a world, a strongly dystopian world inhabited by grotesque beings that stand as a deformed alternative to the world in which we currently live, in which the simplest concepts are exaggerated and taken to extremes. Um, he says he finds in inspiration from a great number of things, pop culture, diverse literary, artistic, and cinematic works, and also drawing from everyday life and his own experience as well. Um, within a, a short time, thanks from support he received from many great collectors and supporters, he transitioned to ETH, first on Foundation, and then shortly found himself on Super Rare. Um, after being accepted on Super Rare, Red Rum also became a founding artist with Zero X Babylon, and he wanted to nice. throw out some special shout-outs to Pia Zero, Art Crush, Super Chief Gallery, and the Art Innovation Gallery uh, for uh, exhibiting his works on screens all over the world. Um, he says that 2023 has been a banner year for him so far from an artistic and professional standpoint. And in April of this year, he decided to give up his career as a criminal lawyer to devote himself full time to creating art. Um, there wow. also, he says there's other important news coming before the end of the year, but he cannot communicate them yet. Oh, come so on. Stay tuned. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, the last thing that I'll kind of share on his behalf is, is he offered a couple works to, to kind of profile. Um, as far as significant works, his favorite of his own, this is actually kind of a rare thing to hear from an artist, yeah. is When Red Called Me. Um, I believe it's on Super Rare. 
But this enshrines the moment when I realized that my life had to follow in this artistic direction, strongly linked to the color red. Um, I guess this piece also was his all-time high. Um, another important work, which he says is unsold at the moment, is Red Has Won, which is on Super Rare. And this depicts his career transition from lawyer to full-time artist. Oh, nice. And in this piece, many references to the legal profession, he says, can be noticed. Uh, but that obviously takes a backseat to the red that is like enveloping everything. Uh, and then the last one to mention is uh, a work that's on foundation uh, for One ETH Reserve that's called Wanderer Among Red, um, which is his latest one of one um, that, that was minted here pretty recently. Wow. Well, I love that. It's very well read and said. And I'm looking at the Red Has Won, which is sick. So that's the latest piece. And, you know, if uh, if you haven't seen it yet, y'all should definitely check out the stubs this week. I mean, it's called The Wind of Change. And it's sick piece. Um, and so you'll be able to get it. The code, uh, the code was just here. It was something London, foggy London. Let me see. I think it was, it was passing through the screen. Look, if you want the codes, you got to watch the video. Okay. So the, it, the, the, rough, oh, there's no code required for stuff. Sorry, but it's for the rug code. So it's foggy London town, but check it out. Go to rug.fm for slash stubs, or you could scan the barcode that we put up there, which makes it even easier. That was just, uh, on there. Uh, out there. So thank you so much, Katie, for coming out and uh, and and putting Redramon, exciting, uh, exciting, exciting artists and really fire art. So there it is. There's the barcode. It's so easy. Just, just, just a little scan and you're done. And you're ready to go. It reminds me of Ghostbusters. I love that. Thank you, Katie. All right. Well, last but not least, is G-Man in the house? Is he in the stew or is he just on Spaces? Yeah! Hold on, 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 hold on. We have the co-double CEO of Friend Tech in the house. G-Man, hold on. What's up? When did you become like the Friend Tech god? I was just talking to Amanda. I'm like, did you know this guy's like one ETH on FT? He's over. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, dude. G-Man. And I found out this weekend. I was like, let me just see what G-Man is up. He's always talking about this thing. First Bob of all, I noticed, you're immaculate in my first chat. I noticed you don't have my key. <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed. It gets Second. weird trading our friends, right? So like none of us hold each other as far as I know. We, we all hold each other. I have Mando. He has me. I, we, I have Ovi. He has myself. D's, Thread Guy, uh, Loxley. We need to everybody. fix it. We need to fix it. Well, you're too expensive for me, baby. But uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I saw that. So you're like the king of friend tech now, which I love to see. And you deserve it because you're, you're packed with value and you're awesome. But Thank you. you're here to talk about the CryptoPunks weekend. The CryptoPunks meetup that just happened on uh, September 30th at Beeple Studio. So we were there together actually last in Charleston for the People Studio opening, which I remember saying on the show, it was one of my favorite moments in NFTs. Incredible time. We were ranting and raving about it for weeks after that, but you got to go back while I was in Spain with Locks, took Locks captive uh, in Seed Freeze 2, in Marbella, in Spain. You went with Thread Guy out there to the CryptoPunks meetup. So, so give us a TLDR, man. I mean, it looked incredible. It was, it reminded me a lot of the first event we went to. So going with Thread was amazing. It was very similar to going with you. Showed up early, yeah. got to meet people's yeah. team, hang out with people, do the whole interview walkthrough, be on the lookout for Thread's video that's coming out in the next day or two. Like he did 
probably 45 minutes with people, full gallery walkthrough, a bunch of stories I hadn't heard before. Um, he played uh, Mario Kart on Nintendo 64 with him. I mean, it was an insane interview. So, so I would definitely uh, be on the lookout for that. I mean, people knows how to throw a party. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest difference is the gallery wasn't open to everyone that came this time. It was just the other room. So the gallery was closed. If you weren't there early or knew someone, uh, no gallery walkthrough. Oh, wow. Okay. The gallery was the fun part. Yeah. Gallery is amazing. And so, again, I'm assuming people, like, you know, uh, knocked each other out for some paper punks. So it was really funny. Um, he, at first, they wouldn't say. Everyone was asking, what are you dropping from the ceiling? And they're just like, eh, you know, maybe. And so right, maybe an hour before he started warning people, there are more than enough to go around. Please don't punch anyone in the face. Don't throw elbows. And so, <laughs> and so he did drop um, a bunch of different punk configurations. No one really knows what the end game is. I can tell you Thread got a number one rarity and he was super excited. No. And he went to Beeple and he said, oh my God, I got the number one. And he said, it is number one of the set, but there's like a hundred of those. So don't, don't get super excited, Thread. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. So we saw 6529 speak there. I mean, I was, I was in Spain when Danny had to go use a room to talk. And I was like, I was like, should I walk in in my towel? I was thinking of like walking like in a, just naked in a towel, just walking behind, acting dumb, like, oh shit. And Danny was like, yo, do it, do it. But, uh, you know, I thought it was more of a serious event. So I bring punks. I was like, maybe, maybe let's not like, of this i think people already think i'm goofy as fuck uh but uh but how was didn't it look that serious man didn't look that serious there were people like what was, what was that person i saw like grabbing things from the sky like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People... I, I know i'm not gonna say who it is because i don't want to dox him but i thought that video was crazy um but um it but was a how... true celebration of punks though right like having matt and john on having jack there who was early having danny on and von mises like all these people that have like got us here like before punks were a thing being around so it was it, it was really amazing and then of course people that go to these events in the depth of the bear like they're they're on a different level right it's just like you said i still believe i'm still showing up there's not that many of us left so like the ones that are there like the bonds it, it's every level you're hanging out with jack and he's no different than someone who's you know smaller down the scale of like notoriety but it's like still here getting it done and and like bats, bats do coming and and doxing to everyone. Like you know, these these IRL events are like must go, must attend. I think if you can, I know it's hard for people. Yeah. But like if you can make it work anyway, like these are so crucial. That's cool. I'm bummed I didn't see my punk on any pictures. I've been look trying to look for it. I just don't know where it is on the ten thousand thing. Uh, NFT Nick sent me a photo. He's like, I got I, I got your paper punk. I'm like, bro, that's not my punk. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> So he was texting. Maybe he had a couple drinks over there because I know people know us to throw down uh, with the open bar. But look, it looked really amazing. I love that you were there with TG early, and and I got that vibe too. By the way, watching TG's face, I was like, ah. I was like, it feels like how it's like how I felt. You know how he was hyped. He was like, ah, I'm interviewing people, ah. and I also did the live thing with him. He told me some crazy stories. So I yeah. thought. I thought that was really cool. It was really inspiring. And did we get any alpha on like his next event at all? Or did he share anything on what's what's up next in Charleston? No. Uh, if he did, I didn't hear it. Um, I mean, there's a lot that I missed. There were so many good people there. And, wow. you know, you chat with 1% of the amazing people that are there. So I'm sure I missed a whole bunch. But I'm glad I'm only a three-hour drive away. But, like, when Beeple throws a event, I will be there. 
Like if I'm allowed to go through whatever token gate is there, like I will be there. Yeah, it's uh, it's really. I I would have. I'm gonna tell you if had I been in Canada, I would have 100% flown uh, for that event because I also love Charleston. It's a lovely city. I really get recommend. That's one thing I would recommend Americans. Like, the food's amazing. The people are great. The hotels are sick and they're cheap. Like all of Charleston is just an amazing vibe and it's really really cool. And and Mike is just such a humble. So you know, you know he's humble. You know, and uh, and he's killing it. And, uh, and it's just been fun uh, to watch all this. And again, uh, one of my favorite photos this weekend uh, before I take off was the one that you shared of you and TG just waiting, uh, you know, calm before the storm. Uh, it, was yes. just fun. it was just a great one. And uh, it's just good to see, you know. And uh, one oh, last yeah. thing I guess I wanted to ask you, did you get to meet Matt and John? Because that's two people I've never met, never interviewed. I had them on, I had them on my, um, my uh, clubhouse room once. Early on, like Matt and John came, on. I was like, "Holy shit!" and they freaked out. But I never got any interaction aside from like, "Did you get to talk to them at all?" Or I didn't. I didn't run into them. I ran into Frank, the V1 Punks rapper guy. Oh yeah, yeah, Frank. <laughs> and Frank. I got to talk to him. Super chill, awesome guy. And you know, everyone's like, "Oh my god, you did this great thing!" And he's just like, "Yeah, someone had to do it." You know, he's like super chill. <laughs> so that's a related thing. Uh, but no, I didn't get a chance to um, next time. Right? I would love to talk to those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe on this show. Maybe we'll get them on the show and do all that. All right, G Man. Well, thank you for coming, Pops. I mean, look, we are still looking to make that Friend Tech special soon. So I guess we're gonna need you because you got all that alpha. You know, you got all that alpha. I mean, man, though, if you're looking for extra alpha, this is your man. This is your guy. So everybody's follow G Man on Twitter, G Man underscore ETH. That's Pops, aka the man pretty much building all the tech behind Rug Radio, by the way. So that's it. <laughs> we're building, we're building. You can tell by the by the beard just getting longer and longer. <laughs> this is the beard, Frog. Like you don't have time to like do anything. Like you work, and every time you're not working, you're friend tacking. Like this, this is how it. This is just this is part of the fallout. I love that. I gotta reach out to you on that. Thank you, G Man. Appreciate you coming today on the short notice. Text pops. Yeah, oh man, that was fun, man. Though, great show today. I know, I know, we we went an hour, but it was some great topics. Totally worth it. Totally fun. And I guess, man, I'm going to see you in like five seconds. So uh, I'll see you on the other side of the door. And with that, with that, with that, we will see you all tomorrow morning. Just a reminder that our show is powered by Kraken NFT. If you go to kraken.com forward slash rug radio or scan the QR code in the top here, you can go and check out what they're all about. Love that team. Love everything they're doing. And stay on the lookout this week. If you're in London, all three of us are here. That's why we're all in the same city. Uh, we're speaking at Zebu Live on Thursday and Friday, I believe, but we'll have more updates for you. We all posted on our timeline today. We're also talking over here myself at the Saatchi Gallery, where he's actually exhibiting his work, which is the first time Saatchi ever has NFTs. It's a big deal. Uh, and a lot of collectors are going to be out there. A lot of curators are going to be out there. Shout out to Greta. So Greta will be coming live tomorrow with us. Also the Zebu team. So we'll talk more about this, but be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a lot of fun with that. With that, with that, we'll see you all tomorrow morning. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Gem Web 3 on Rug Radio. Let's go.